Hey, you guys, I just wanted to take this opportunity and to let you know we have the up-and-coming Game Changers Summit live coming up on January 27th to 29th, a three-day virtual experience with 24 world-class game-changing leaders from around the world. Uh, We're going to be talking about entrepreneurship, marketing, branding, personal development, health, uh, self-mastery, business and leadership, just to mention a few. Uh, we're going to be featuring Dr. John D. Martini, Marshall Goldsmith, Bob Berg. Uh, we're going to be featuring the uh, Instagram influencer, Natasha Grano, and many, many more. Now, you can, you can become a participant in the Game Changer Summit Live for free. All you have to do is go to the following URL, https colon forward slash forward slash www.thegamechangersummit.com forward slash sign up hyphen form. For more information, click on the link below uh, because honestly, this is probably the David versus Goliath of all summits. It is the summit of the year. See you soon. Take care and we'll see you there. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we actually have a very special episode. Uh, It is the Game Changers Summit Extra Edge, I suppose, I like to call it, or Extra extra Snapshot or whatever it is. But we're going to be having a spotlight on certain speakers uh, within the summit. And and we're going to have a, a great show today. We're with uh, Rory Atkinson. And Rory is a digital marketing and branding specialist based in South Africa. He's worked, uh, him and his clients, uh, him and his firm has worked with a, a variety of different international clients from around the world and companies. And uh, in, in order to help them relaunch their marketing campaigns, which, uh, you know, marketing is such a big field uh, to, to really kind of get to grips with. And, and uh, you know, Rory is... Uh, has got a great, some great expertise and some great gems that he's going to share with you today. So just want to say uh, uh, welcome to the Game Changers experience, uh, Rory. How's it going, Adam? <laughs> it's nice to see you, man. It's nice to see you again. It's always nice to chat with you. I haven't actually uh, had a good chance to catch up with you for a little bit, uh, except for last week when we were jumping on that um, clubhouse together. Absolutely. I, I don't know if you guys are on Clubhouse, but if, you, if you're not on Clubhouse, you need to be. By the way, if you're thinking, yeah, oh, how do I get on Clubhouse? right? You need to have an Apple phone for a start. And it's only in beta mode. But anyway, that's a whole new conversation. We, we're going to talk about that uh, <laughs> an, a, another day. But listen, I know that before you got into marketing, because uh, you're in South Africa, you're in Cape Town, South Africa, lo- yes. uh, beautiful country. Yeah. And I know that you were in, in rescuing businesses beforehand, before you got into marketing, right? But yep. how did yeah, you, no. <laughs> how did, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated because like, you know, rescuing businesses and marketing, two very different remits, as I like to call it. But how did you, how did you kind of make the transition? Why did you make the transition into, into the marketing field? So 
I mean, it's kind of interesting when I, when I started off in the business turnaround, I sort of fell into it as a, as an industry and I was doing it with, uh, I got the opportunity to buy my first really crappy bankrupt business that, you know, was absolutely ruined at the time <laughs> and losing money faster than I could make it. <laughs> anyway, so I, when, when I got involved in that, I learned very quickly the value and power of marketing and I developed a keen interest in it already back then. And then when I did my next business, my next one and my next one and my next one, uh, I ran into this consistent problem that actually I didn't have time to do all my own marketing anymore. So I did what most business entrepreneurs do. You know, I went to a marketing company and I sat down with this marketing company and I had a long conversation with them about the needs of my types of businesses, price points and, you know, how we were going to go about it and all the rest of it. And they were fully on board promising the world and like every other person out there that's experienced a marketing company in the last 10 years i got overcharged and underdelivered. like you can't believe yeah and i've experienced that as many of us have (laughs) i hate that crap it drove me mental and and in particular there was one thing that really the the last sort of straw that broke the camel's back was I was busy looking at setting up a new website, both in a personal branding site for myself, and then also a, a, a new website for my consulting firm, which I'd started by that time, a business consulting firm. And I, I, I basically took it to them and they told me that I had to pay at the time it was about 75,000 Rand per website. So what's that? At the time it was about seven and a half thousand US dollars per website. Wow. And these were not complex websites that I was looking for. They were fairly straightforward sites. Um, and, and, and I said, you know, I don't know at the time, but okay, fine. You know, I've done some work with you guys, you guys deliver some good work, but I mean, that's a little excessive anyway. Cut a long story short, I ended up just doing all the design work, all the copywriting myself, all the color schemes. I chose all the images. I basically designed the damn site myself, short of writing the code. <laughs> I built the bloody site. <laughs> and I just said, screw this. And then I met this young guy, um, Nick Findlay, uh, who's actually my business partner. And, um, and he was still at university at, at Cape Town studying uh, computer science. Mm-hmm. And so I said to him, Hey, listen, you know, um, we met this business summit. I said, you know, oh, yes, I've had this horrible experience with a web developer. He says, well, why don't you let me take a crack at it? I build websites. Okay, sure. Here, here's a client of mine, go build a website for them. And this is what I want. And I gave him almost no information. And he came back with a beautiful website that produced, you know, a hundred and something sales in the first week. And I was just like, damn, okay. This guy knows his shit. So I said to him after about a month or two of, of like handing him the odd project, I said, Hey, listen, Nick, why don't we, uh, why don't you um, come and work sort of semi-exclusively for me? And uh, I'll give you some referrals to other people as well. It's not just my, cl- uh, my clients and the consulting side and, and turnaround side. And then I thought, no, do you know what? This is silly. Let's build a business. <laughs> I've got <laughs> enough work here that that's viable. And so that's what we did. Uh, so that's kind of how I landed up in it. And the foundation of our business was, we don't want to be like every other web developer out there that delivers crap service to people. And obviously that naturally evolved into marketing, digital marketing over time mm-hmm. um, as we needed to hand further services to clients. So yeah, that's kind of the journey that we took to get there. Nice. <laughs> it was Very cool. Very wow. good. Yeah, I, I can definitely, um, I, I, even with uh, some of our listeners, I'm sure that they could probably empathize uh, about the whole kind of being overcharged and under delivered type of thing. Listen, I mean, 
every client that comes to us, we listen to the horror story. Every single client that's come yeah. to us has got a horror story to tell us. And But sometimes it's actually not, I was going to say, it's actually partially the person's fault as well. And, oh, absolutely. you know, because I'm, I'm a big believer, Rory, in, in due diligence, right? Making sure that, you know, <laughs> if you can talk the talk, right, you've got to be able to walk the walk, right? Absolutely. You know, and, 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 for, and for me, like the people that I hang around with, I know that they're going to deliver the results. They're going to, especially, you know, because at the end of the day, it's my reputation. It's my branding, <laughs> right? So I don't want to be associated with some loser that like makes some promises and doesn't deliver on them because they're just going to get a slap from me. <laughs> <laughs> and more importantly, they're going to get a slap. But anyway, it's all good. But listen, let's talk marketing because I know that yeah. marketing is a bit of a minefield, right? Oh man, 2021 it's, marketing is, it's, it's, woo, it's fun. I mean, you and I had that chat last week about some of the brand algorithm stuff. Oh, oh man, Jesus. 2021's marketing world has changed in a big way from, mm. from, I mean, this is the thing that people don't get about the new digital marketing age. Mm-hmm. It changes so quickly. I mean, mm. I, I was actually talking to Les Evans, who's going to be a speaker on your um, summit. I was talking with him on the phone uh, over the weekend and I said to him, uh, so Les, you know, have you, have you seen the latest algorithm change? He goes, what, did it, what do you mean the latest change? You phoned me two days ago to tell me about this change. <laughs> I said to him, yeah, but it's another one now. <laughs> oh and that's God. the thing. I, I actually said to him, you know, I, I spend probably about four days working a week and the other two days to three days a week, I spend researching and my team does as well, mm. researching what is the latest trend, what's happening now and things. Because each of these platforms that you deal with in the marketing world, right. they just change how, it, how the game is played from week to week to week. I mean, sometimes days to days to days. Do you know how many times Google changed their algorithm last year? I don't, didn't you say it was like something like 19,000 or some, some ridiculous figure? I was no, like... Over nine- over 19,000 times they changed their algorithm last it's year. It's astronomical. It's, it's impossible for a normal business person like yourself mm. who's trying to run their business to keep up with that. It just, mm-hmm. It's impossible to stay on, on top of it. So the question be- is begged, how do you stay on top of it as a normal business owner? Um, and I can say that you know, there's, there's a lot of ways you can do this. You can, you can kind of, you can either read a hell of a lot like I do um, mm. and, and subscribe to hundreds of blogs and all that kind of thing and just try and filter through the mess as best you can. There's a couple of really top people in the marketing world that are worth following. Neil Patel is a very good one to follow. Gary Vee is a very good one to follow. Mm. Mm. There's a couple of other big, bigger ones that specialize in sort of privatized corporate marketing. If you're a big enough company, then that's people you should go and look up. But the best, the best thing that you as a business owner can do is just contact and reach out to marketers and ask for tips. Mm. You know, the, the funny thing that I found in the marketing world is, is we're a funny bunch. Um, <laughs> we kind of like talking about the stuff we do. <laughs> so you can kind of bounce some ideas off. I mean, you can ask companies for inquiries. I do that to other marketing companies. I, I reach out to them and I say, hey, look, I mean, we're thinking of doing this. Uh, you know, what, 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 do you, what would you guys think is the best way to do this? And sometimes... Mm. I've, I've been informed, hey, that's not the right way to go about it, or this is the right way to go about it. Um, and so for you as a business owner, don't, don't try and absorb all of it yourself. You'll never get on top of it. I can tell you that now. I mean, we struggle to stay on top of it. But what you can do is you can, you can sort of absorb a little bit of 
useful information here, a little bit of useful information here. And then the final thing that you can do as a business owner, and this is really critical, do not try and do all of it. You can't. It's impossible. If you want to do well at digital marketing as a business owner, and you're not going to outsource it to a company like mine, right? You're going to go and do it all yourself individually. You will not have a company in five days because that's all you will be doing. Instead, what you should be doing is pick one platform that you want to work with, one that suits your business type. Um, and that's a very important key component and the type of market that you specifically want to chase. And then go directly at that. And in fact, there's two ways you can do it. Uh, one is through community building, which I'm going to be talking at your summit about uh, community building and community management uh, processes. Um, and then the other way is through very, very focused target approaches um, and, uh, and, and just become a specialist in one platform. And that's the best I can, advice I can say to an entrepreneur that wants to do some of their own marketing. Um, you know, it's interesting. There's, a, there's an old saying in the UK or a British saying more than anything else. And they say, the jack of all trades, what do they call Master it? Master yeah, of the, none. Exactly. And, you know, it's so true because I'm so sick and tired of people who try to serve everyone. They try to be an expert of everyone. It's, it's a bit like <laughs> taking, it's a bit like taking a birthday cake, right? And, 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 and everyone, want, everyone is going <laughs> after the, the, the whole birthday cake, right? But the realization is, is, and this is a really good point, guys, if you're listening, okay, is to actually take like a small piece of that birthday cake and become, I suppose, an expert at, you know, at that particular, you know, niche or, or that particular industry or whatever it is. And I, I find that just by honing down and, you know, by, uh, I suppose, laser focusing on that particular niche and becoming an expert in that one percent field, you're going to become a uh, you're going to be, you're going to become successful in your own right. So it I is. Mean, I mean, you can you can do it with everything in the digital advertising space. Okay, I, the one thing I'm going to also say, which is going to be very controversial, is I'm not a big social media person. Mm. I don't. I I have seen the value of these platforms fall rapidly in the last eight to twelve months. Um, mm. They were already sort of tanking before that, but they really plummeted a lot now. In fact, that was the point of our conversation the other day. And 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 one thing I'll say is, is you can you can do quite a lot with paid advertising these days. Really, really smart, intelligent, focused paid advertising. You can do a lot with it. And I know everybody's got that story. You know, oh, I ran that that Facebook ad campaign and I put like a thousand dollars in and I made no money out of it. And I, you know, I got all these rubbish leads. Yeah. That's because you didn't first learn how to utilize the platform and you didn't learn how to talk to your correct market. There's a general rule that I say to people that want to build marketing campaigns, test everything, micro tests. Mm. Yep, yep. I mean, we'll, we'll run a micro test on a new campaign for like $20. Right. just for two days, just to see whether there's any feedback in that area and that response. Mm -hmm. We'll really target in on specific locations. So it goes beyond even just, you know, what you were describing of niche your focus. Become so niche at your niche that you are the ultimate niche. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> sorry, <I'll, laughs> cheesiness. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where, um, 
kind of where you where where you can really get some great results is by testing on a small scale and then once you've kind of worked out what's working what's not working what's responding and this can be everything from what image do you use or are you mm. using video over a single image or are you advertising are you doing your paid advertising just in google um google is mm. delivering amazing paid advertising results at the moment mm. And, and you can actually see some amazing returns there. Mm. But you need to be able to know how to design your ads, pick the right keywords and all this. And you can test, just test in microcosms. The, it costs you nothing to spend a month testing and see what works and what doesn't work. True. And then drop, you know, two, three thousand dollars. You'll, you'll suddenly go, woof, your taps will explode. And you'll be like, yeah. oh my word, I don't know what to do with all these things. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next step. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, interestingly enough, I, I was going to ask you because I know that you kind of already mentioned it before about, you know, kind of laser focusing on one particular platform that you think would be kind of where your ideal market kind of hangs out. But I guess, and this is, I suppose, in a way, it's not so much more of a concern now, but it used to be. But I know for a fact that our listeners are going to be concerned about this. Let's go. To, uh, let's talk about content because. When you watch people like Gary Vee, for example, and, and I love Gary Vee, by the way, I think he's a great guy. I know he's, he's the type of person that just talks no bullshit type of thing. But what I really love, uh, what, what, what's re- what was really interesting, I was listening to a podcast about content and Gary says, when you create content, you need to be on every platform, get it out there three times a day if you want to get any traction and you've got to be consistent and you've got to just go all out. But I'd love to get your opinion on this because- you know, I, I, you know, it's interesting because I'm expecting probably a different answer from you, obviously, but what's your, what's your take on this? So I, I mean, Gary Vee is really a a beast, but you've also got to remember who his client market is. His Mm. client market is massive corporate companies. Mm. So yeah, in his sphere that he is talking, he's 100% right. They do have to be on every platform, every Mm. space, all the time, constantly. Although I would disagree with the constantly part even for big corporate companies. Right. Um, the reason is, is that in 20, early 2020, right, people all dived onto the internet because of the big CV, right? And everybody kind of dived onto it and started delivering as much content. And there's so much noise out there now um, because of this, this just absolute content farm dump, right? And people can't cut through it. There just isn't enough time in their lives to cut through it. They're not interested. And, they, and they've got what I call content fatigue. Um, <laughs> there is good content that you can do. And in actual fact, I've got a very, uh, a very good friend of ours that's also based here in uh, South Africa, um, Mr. Tim Slatter, who, who focuses on content-driven marketing strategies for financial industry. And he does amazing, him and his team do amazing, amazing work specifically for financial advisors. Mm-hmm. And what and, and he and I actually had a meeting just before this call to discuss some new content strategy development that we're working on together for our clients. And, uh, and the one thing that, that, that we both said is, is we have seen a content fatigue online specifically. If you, if you transition your, your content into something like an email or a once a month high quality blog, quality is really where content does well. If your quality of your blogs are you know, oh, I'm just going to throw up a quickie, you know, half page rubbish smash together blog with no interest or anything like that. Um, 
yeah, you're not going to get anything. You're just not going to get viewership. You're not going to get readership. Uh, and most importantly, you're not going to get repeat viewership and repeat readership. And that's kind of where the crux of power content marketing comes in, is the ability to deliver high quality, not overbearing and constantly in your face kind of content volumes, but enough that it keeps people engaged and interested. And the other one that we've also talked about is, is when you do content for, for people that can start a conversation between them and their clients. If it's a, if your relationship is with a B2B company, then it's, you're delivering them content that they can then take to their clients and say, Hey, you know, have you thought about this? Or, you know, Oh, I read this really interesting thing. And it starts a content conversation. Um, and that's ultimately what you want to do. And I'll, I'll go into this a lot more in detail on the summit um, because it's one of the components of, of, of uh, community marketing, but for the purpose of answering your question. Yeah. I, I disagree with Gary the, vehemently for most small to medium scale businesses, mm -hmm. dumping everything onto multiple platforms is a waste of time. You're just going to end up spending too much of your ad budget. You won't really get return. Anybody that's tracking their Facebook interactions in the last sort of six months will have noticed mm. the numbers have plummeted massively. And at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself, um, Adam, do you want vanity stats or do you want sales? And True. that's always the question I ask clients. I like, if you want vanity stats, I can get you likes, I can get you follows, I can get you, they, by all means, but they don't turn into money. No. And that's the trick. Yeah. You've got to learn how to build the money machine out of your marketing. It's true. And less is often more. You know, it's interesting. One of the things that I believe is really needed, especially in 21, is the importance for engagement and connection, right? Yeah. So creating content, which is going to create conversations, which is going to lead to trust and understanding and, and empathy, uh, which is then going to lead to sales because when there's trust and there's this element of trust and relationship building, then that's where the conversations are going to lead. And, and, uh, and honesty, honesty is a real big thing. I mean, yeah. we have seen in some of our clients when we used to run old adverts. So in 2019, we used to run some adverts for some of our clients and we bent the truth a little. I mean, we used some manipulative marketing tactics and things like that and it got really good results. And sure. then we try to use it again in 2020 and it fell flat in its face. Yeah. Yeah. And so began an exploration for almost four months of trying to work out what's working, what's not working. Mm. Um, and we found just be really honest, be really, you know, take, take the attitude that the person that you're talking to online has probably been lied to, screwed over, manipulated, everything mm. else in the last year. And distrust is at an all time low. I mean, even in society, I don't mean just online, but distrust is at an all-time low. So if you can become a source of information and value, really good value right. to a client um, that they know they can trust, um, and it's not just an automated system, it's a real person. It's one of the things mm -hmm. I love about your, your branding style is you come across as a real person, mm -hmm. happy to to have a conversation, happy to jump onto LinkedIn and just say, Hey, how's it going? You know, what's up, man. And the two minute interaction once a week makes a huge difference for people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're seeing that as well for our clients. So we're actually pushing interaction engagement processes much harder this year mm -hmm. than we have in previous years. Yeah. Interesting. Cause I know that a lot of people right now and, and well, I've certainly done it in the past is to try and automate and systemize things like this, but you know, 
it doesn't work because and an example of this is, for example, I know that LinkedIn is an example. Uh, they, you, you know, they, they, they can pick up if you're using some particular bot or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't work guys, because, you know, people need this. Like I said, they, they need to have human interaction. They need to feel that there's, that they're speaking to a real person in the first place uh, and not speaking to a, to, to a robot, which is just completely, you know, it's just doesn't, it goes against the grain, really. It doesn't build a trust there and whatever it is. But well, I in- think, I think everybody is at the moment, sorry to cut you, Adam. Yeah. Um, I think everybody at the moment is, you know, a lot of people are in lockdown. So they're not mm. socializing, they're not seeing people. Right. Long before that, you know, every institution that you dealt with, I mean, do, when you were younger, did you go and you met with your banker, right? Nowadays, you pick up the phone and you phone an automated telephone, right? Exactly. It's, you've lost the human element in the world of business. And, and I think it was sufferable until the big CV problem, but now it's become so apparent that people are hungry for it. If you can, mm. if you can turn your business into a platform that can allow that personal, real personal touch. I mean, we've, mm. we've even started writing emails individually to clients on behalf of other clients. Like that's, mm. that's, a, that's a real personal value touch there. And people respond. I mean, we've we've seen it in our open rates have gone up massively in those. We've seen it in all these things. So it's yeah, interesting, really interesting. I want to talk a little bit about well, we kind of touched in a little bit before around the whole kind of how social media platforms, you know, because they've been around for many years and like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and whatever it is, they've been around for quite a number of years, and you know. I feel right now, we had this conversation last week, right? About the whole kind of, you know, why is it that I'm not getting the engagement that I used to? Or why is it that people are not seeing my posts? And I'm thinking to myself, is it because people are asleep? Is it because, is it, because it was the wrong time of the day? Right. And then you, and then we were talking about this last week and it's like, no, they're manipulating. They're, they, they've got these, they've got these weird algorithms now, which is basically they don't like you anymore, type of thing. And I'm, and I, and I'm like, okay, we need to have a conversation about this because, you know, um, because I'm sure that our listeners are probably thinking the same thing. They're like, uh, this doesn't happen to me normally, but what's going on around this? But yeah, let's let's talk about how to get around the whole kind of manipulation. Oh and- man. We could You're be here for about, quite some time here, guys. I was right? going to say, man, we could we could start another three podcasts. That conversation. <laughs> it's like, which platform do you want to talk about? Um, <laughs> really, like what you're dealing with here is you're dealing with companies that have basically a tech monopoly over the world at the moment. And, and in fact, we've just seen it now with um, the dissolution of Parler, right? Having all the Parler pulled and all the rest of it mm. basically overnight. And that's that's pure collusion between three massive companies that have done that. But at the same time that they're doing stuff like that, killing the competitors, they're also manipulating you, the user. And they're trying to basically put you into little bubbles. And their algorithms are working like that. They want to, they want to keep you interacting with the same groups of people because they know that those groups of people talk back to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how the algorithm is triggering. It's, it's sort of looking at... Uh, let, let, let's actually use uh, Clubhouse as a good example of a, of a, of a, f- a format which they're sort of semi-emulating. Does that make sense? Okay, say let's take all of your listeners now, you and me, we all jump onto a Clubhouse. Right. But now you're not allowed to go anywhere. Now you're dealing with Facebook's algorithm. 
that's how it works you can only talk to each other you can only see each other you can only interact with each other um, and then maybe what they'll do is, is they'll bring one or two here or there that might have correlatory interaction potential and then they'll bring them into the conversation every now and again and and that's why when you look at your facebook feed for example i'm going to just use facebook because it's probably one that the listeners are most familiar with but when you look at your Facebook feed, you're probably seeing the same 40 to 60 odd people, um, repeat True. posts, the same companies, even the same adverts, the same, True. all of this. And basically what they're doing is they're putting you in little bubbles. Mm. Now, the question becomes, can you as an end user get out of it? Not really, to be honest with you. It's very difficult for you as an end user to get out of it. But you as a business, you can actually get out of it. The only problem is it's going to cost you a little bit of money. And that's part of their business model. Um, they they have to monetize. They 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 are at a scale now where their VC capital funding has sort of run out. Their volatility in the stock market is you know, mm. I mean, just last week, 123 billion dollars. That was how much they've lost since banning the president of the United States between Twitter crazy, and Facebook. crazy. So their volatility is so massive that they actually need a steady income cash flow source. Um, you, you and I both know that cash is king, right? Cash flow is king in a business. Uh, and they're no different. Um, and so what they're doing is they're trying to create that. They're trying to find ways to monetize. Right. Um, the other thing that they're also trying to do is they're trying to isolate uh, conversation types. So for example, if you're regularly on there espousing political whatevers, then they're going to isolate you. They're going to mm. keep you away from other people. Same right. thing with your businesses. If your businesses are up posting, you know, special interest stuff mm. that may conflict, they're going to isolate you. Um, and that's why I say to say to people, you know, just whatever you do on Facebook or any platform for that matter is don't get ideological. Stay away from it. Leave that to the politicians, leave that to the religious figures, whatever else. Uh, and I've been guilty of this. I know. I mean, you can go back through my Facebook history and you can you know see it. You know, it's interesting. You know, we're bringing this conversation up. <laughs> I always say to my clients, I always say never bring up politics and religion ever in your, uh, in your posts or whatever it is. Keep your beliefs to yourself because I can guarantee you it will be your downfall because everyone else has their own opinions and they're always casting judgments on yourself and whatever it might be. And again, Facebook is no different, right? Yeah, well, Facebook punishes and penalizes you big time even yeah. in your adverts i mean i'll give you an example we ran an advert last year mm. while the elections were going on and we all know what the <laughs> what the u.s election was like right right so while the elections were going on we actually ran an advert for a company in the states and we put this advert up and within about an hour and a half it had got flagged and returned back to us and said to us no you can't post this ad so we went through it and it said um we had done political speech and i was like really we've done political speech for a housing company like what <laughs> there's no political speech in this thing at all what are you talking about so i went through the ad and i reviewed it and i gave it to one of my guys and i was like what do you think and he's like i don't know i've got no idea what they're coming up with let's try again i mean we'll take some of the bits out and we'll try again we tried again um, and this is where Facebook really nails you. So then they came back to us and they said, no, this absolutely is political speech. And we're giving your ad account a warning. Now, remember, we run ads for companies all That's over crazy. the world. 
an ad account warning is the worst thing you can get because if you get another strike, your ad account gets locked for a couple of days. Right. Um, so we were like, oh damn, well now we need to really think hard. So we started to look at it from a different perspective and I actually phoned a couple of marketing guys and you know what it was, Adam? What? We had an American flag in the picture, but in the background and the American flag marketing for an American company in America was considered a political symbol. Jesus, come on, man. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. So let's go back to the original question. What's how do yeah. we get around this whole kind of manipulation? And what is it that we can do as businesses, as entrepreneurs to, to get back or maybe reset those algorithms or whatever it is? Is there anything that we can do? So I mean, the, the big thing I would say to you uh, is it depends on which platform you're on. First right. off, um, right. some of the algorithms are far more forgiving than others. Uh, Facebook is not forgiving, but there are tricks you can do to get around it. One of the things you can do is, is if you're running adverts, uh, if, you're, if you're running a, a business page, you can boost your advert um, using the standard little boost button. And then you go through a whole process of, of uh, editing the advert and targeting it and all the rest of it. And you can just spend a little bit of money, about $100 to $150. You have to find what's called ad breakpoints, which is where the algorithm realizes, actually, you know, these guys are okay, let, let it go, right? The algorithm sort of stops hanging on with the breaks. Right. Um, and that's going to come down to whatever keywords you're using. So the more contested the keywords, the more money you're going to have to spend to reach that breakpoint. So for example, if you're in, oh, God forbid, you're in child's toys, <laughs> good luck. I hope you've got a big ad budget. Um, it's the most contested ad field in the world. Don't try and advertise in child's toys. <laughs> but you could do in business entrepreneurship and things. And it's, it's typically there around between, depends on the country that you're going to, going to boost to. And, and that's the other thing. Don't try and boost to, oh, I'll boost to Europe. Don't, please don't do that. You're just wasting your time. Yeah. Um, boost to very specific countries and, and even specific areas, uh, if you mm. can, you know, mm. provinces or, or counties or states stuff. or territories, mm. whatever mm. it's mm. called in your country. Because what's going to happen is, is that some of them are more favored. So I'm just going to use the UK, for example. Like in the UK, there is a clear, in Facebook's eyes, a clear north and south divide. Okay. The north is considered evil, bad, and unpleasant. <laughs> It's those Scottish people. Sorry, sorry if there are any Scottish it's listeners. Even further here, I apologize. It's all the way from Birmingham up. <laughs> but um, no, it's it, it's kind of all you need to do is you need to remember that Facebook is a I, I hate being political, but they're a left left leaning platform bordering on left wing platform. Right. Um, and so if you tailor, if you just follow where the sort of trends are of the world of where are the you know left wing talking hubs then you know that's the area that you can quite safely advertise to ironically by boosting into that area separately and then you can advertise north of that in a different way yeah. um, and you'll have to be more careful in the north so that's just an example from a country um, on Facebook if you're on LinkedIn LinkedIn's actually pretty chill um, probably one of my favorite platforms at the moment especially mm -hmm. for businesses mm -hmm. but LinkedIn's not like Facebook if you start posting rubbish this is really important if you start posting rubbish like you would post on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that the algorithm will pick you up and it will flag your account it'll flag it as it's a closed flagging you can't tell you're flagged but it will flag your account and then it'll monitor what you post from then on afterwards. 
And if you carry on posting rubbish, well, you might even lose your account wow. <laughs> or they'll just stranglehold you. They'll do uh, what's called shadow banning. Twitter is famous for its shadow banning, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find that on Twitter quite a lot. Um, until recently, Parler was quite a good platform. They mm-hmm. weren't actually that censorious. They were quite good about you know, what was and wasn't allowed. Reddit is a fantastic business platform. If you aren't, on, aren't doing stuff on Reddit and you've got a, a really solid... Um, uh, sort of service industry business, Reddit's a great platform for you. Same thing with LinkedIn's also a really good platform. Instagram, sure. I'm looking so forward to that speaker you got coming. Man, that influencer. <laughs> Natasha oh, Grano. Natasha, no, Natasha Grano. absolutely. Yeah, you know, as I've, a... followed, I've followed her stuff for a little while, actually, from a marketer's standpoint, because I found her her way that she attacks Instagram are really interesting from a technical standpoint. She's she's really knows her stuff. Absolutely. So I'm looking very forward to that talk. Because um, Instagram is probably my least knowledgeable platform, to be honest with you. It's, sure. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting better at it, but uh, mm. but it's definitely my personal least knowledge platform. Definitely. So yeah. I hope that answers some of the questions. Of Absolutely. 100%. Because the 100%. problem is you're asking a question that's got like, Thousands so many, of answers. <laughs> I one hundred percent. No, but it gives you a bit. It gives a great so, brief overview and stuff. But uh, again, again, I come back to my original point, Adam. Pick a yeah. platform, yeah. and work with that platform. And the platform really needs to really needs to suit your business. If you're in a product delivery company, do right. not please spend your time on LinkedIn. It's not going to be a. There's no point sure. to it. You know, sure. unless you're trying to wholesale, there's no mm. point to it. LinkedIn is really a B2B platform or a, a service industries platform. It, it's not really a platform for you. I mean, you'll, you'll do really well on Instagram. In fact, Instagram's just introduced a new shop mechanic, which fully ties in with full WooCommerce stores and stuff. And we're seeing awesome results with that in terms of product sales, particularly if your product can be what I can, what I say, visualized. So mm. easily understood through a visual manipulation. Nice. Um, video or, or image or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as um, Rory had mentioned, you know, Natasha is going to be on the Game Changers Summit. And uh, if you don't already follow Natasha, she's got 1.3 million uh, followers on Instagram. So she is the Instagram queen, as I like to call her. And she's also a personal friend of mine. So uh, she's, she's going to... also a beast at monetizing it. And that's she's really a, the part that interests she me. She is a beast. Don't yeah, get me she's, wrong. She's... she's it's, it's all well and good, like I said, having the vanity stats, but to be able to turn it into a money-making machine, I mean, that's yep. the part of Absolutely. that talk I'm looking forward to, really. 100%, definitely. Yeah. So I was going to say, last question, really. What I know that this is a, a little bit of a minefield, but I know that some people, some of our listeners right now are, are really struggling to uh, attract leads, you know, because we're working in the digital space. They might not have you know, so much experience in working in working in the digital revolution as such, but any sort of really kind of quick tips about how to increase leads in the business. Mm, quick tips. Let's see. Um, first off, emails suddenly become a really powerful tool again. Um, it mm. died quite hard uh, the last couple of years, right. um, but it's really come back with a vengeance. People are constantly in front of their computers. They're constantly checking their email. And if you're writing, like I said, really custom tailored stuff to people, uh, it's very good on that front. So never underestimate the value of email marketing. It can, it can be very good. And I'm not talking about buying lists and then sending mails like that. I'm talking uh. about communicating value content to your clients who mm-hmm. then disseminate it to other people. Right. Um, we found that to be a really good, 
a really good strategy with some some businesses. Nice. Um, as far as generating leads, you know, the best piece of advice I can give to you in a sort of short nutshell, build a community. I mean, I'm going to talk about it at length, but build a community because you can that way you can do your filtering process. You can um, you can kind of build the type of target market audience that you want, and then through just being you or just being your company, you know, your company's being sort of a, a personal relation to them, um, they, you can actually filter out all the crappy people that you don't really want. And you'll land up with a really nice group of, of people that eventually probably will become brand advocates as long as you look after them, you know, as long as you're not, as long as you're not shoveling them rubbish. <laughs> right. So I'm trying hard not to swear here, but, <laughs> but uh, freedom of speech, my friend, freedom of speech. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I, the reason I'm careful about it is because is I, I know what the algorithms look for in audio as well nowadays. And they're really, that's why you'll never hear me refer to, you know, the big thing as anything other than the big VC, especially in audio recordings, because it does heavily impact your, your algorithm. Sure. Um, last thing on the leads front, you know, it sort of just popped into me, but please guys don't, don't misunderstand the value of a really, really solid organic marketing facility. Um, you know, a, a really powerful brand website and, and that kind of thing really goes a long way for, for supporting your thing. You know, lo years ago, websites were, you know, all the rage and everybody had to have one and things. And then it sort of lost its value and it became squeeze pages and landing pages and that stuff. And now in the, the time of COVID where people are, or are still online oh, bloody hell, I just said it. Uh, <laughs> people are online they have really sort of taken to spending time on good quality branded sites and you use them instead of using them just as a as a calling card or a business card use them as a hub point um, for all of your different kinds of engagement points so your email marketing your stuff like that drive people through it in include blogs there make it a trafficable resource make it something that people want to come visit drop some videos there i mean you can even host your youtube videos onto your websites nowadays with a simple plugin it's not very difficult right. to implement and and if you're doing some kind of online product store thing that works really well and then if you're coupling that with a great like you know tell people about your website that they should come and visit and why they should come and visit and what's so you know why it's different from just a a squeeze or a landing page you know um i i actually find those have really lost a lot of value in the last sort of six to 12 months or so in terms of their performance um i'm not saying that landing pages don't work they do work uh, they just got to be very carefully designed I, I i find it's having a solid organic campaign which means having a strong brand and a strong brand image that people want to talk to each other about online specifically makes it really worth doing and, I, and it comes back to what you were saying earlier adam have a conversation have a conversation and that's why i think this clubhouse thing is so cool because it, it kind of promotes that right absolutely 100 percent. i i in in fact we're going to be doing uh as i mentioned to you uh we're going to be doing clubhouse events actually on a regular regular basis so if you're not already on clubhouse by the way guys please do me a favor and follow uh myself my my username is uh at adam strong rory what's yours at rc atkinson there you go rc atkinson so make sure you follow us on on, on clubhouse you'll be able to get notifications on our uh, on some of the events uh we got loads of events coming up um up on clubhouse and there is just some wicked conversations and you know the the beauty about clubhouse is that 
you can get like some really good one-on-one coaching, you know, get some really good input from some really top speakers, you know, millionaires and, you know, just real leaders in their field. And I just love that about Clubhouse, the whole kind of connection. I think they really nailed it there. So um, no, it's, a, it's an amazing platform. It's, it needs a little bit of work. It's still in beta. So forgive it for being a little bit clunky here and there. Absolutely. But I think it's, I really do think it's a fantastic platform. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a simple example, Adam. This weekend, I spent four and a half hours total on Clubhouse. I just jumped into random rooms and started some conversations and, and had like business rooms and the conversations in them were actually all really good. So don't just think I was just dropping in on random things and (laughs) (laughs) wasting my time, but I landed up with three leads out of that. Three three separate leads out of it. And that's for four and a half hours worth of just popping in randomly to play around with the, with the application. So, you know, give it a bash guys, Uh, have a conversation. Very good. So listen, guys, I was going to say, hope you, oh, by the way, I just want to say a big thank you to, to you, Rory, for being on the show today. I really appreciate that and sharing some Anytime, of your man. tips and insights and marketing. So that's really cool. So thanks very much for that. And listen, yeah. guys, if you are interested in connecting with Rory, please do so on his social media links on below. Uh, Rory's going to be one of our speakers on the Game Changers Summit, which is free to join. Uh, start January 27th to 29th. Make sure you click on the link below and you'll be able to uh, listen to um, Rory amongst 23 other speakers, including myself and the likes of Natasha Grano, which we've already mentioned, and uh, people like Marshall Goldsmith and uh, people like Dr. John D. Martini as well. Absolutely huge lineup massive lineup it's going to be epic we're going to have a lot of fun and the beauty about it is that it's going to be live which means it's going to be uh connection uh it's going to be you're just going to be surrounding yourself with super successful people that's going to take your life and your business to the next level so listen enough chit chat uh hope you've enjoyed the show today (laughs) yeah and thank you very uh, much for having me on adam Awesome, Rory. Take care of yourself, everybody, uh, and see you soon. Take care. Yeah, Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys. I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights, and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.